get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're thinking about everybody in the Northeast that is being affected by the remnants of Hurricane and Tropical Storm Ida. And one of those people that's dealing with the rains and the repercussions of what happened in the Southeast over the weekend is Greg Amzinger of MLB Network. And he joins us now from his home in New Jersey. We hope you and the family are safe and sound. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing just fine. Family's fine. Thank you for asking. I, w- I want to paint a picture. Okay, you know I love my suits, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we went out to dinner. Now imagine people driving in front of my house, witness Greg Amstinger with an umbrella and my suit pants rolled up to my inner thighs, okay, <laughs> with my shoes in my hand and my socks, and I'm walking in knee-deep water my driveway that is how bad it was six inches in my basement i had in my dining room slash sunroom it was bananas crazy around here so uh the cleanup starts today i mean i had no idea that new jersey could be such a hurricane target but my goodness is it ever well greg the suit's okay though right yeah, oh, my God, that was my number one priority. You know? okay, <laughs> it is going to be fine. One good dry clean, and we'll just be okay, okay? It's not a big deal. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. Uh, go ahead, Michelle. Oh, no, it's okay, Randy. Go ahead. Uh, a couple of things, Greg. Number one, uh, you told us right after the All-Star break that Nolan Arenado came up to you and whispered in your ear, dude, we're going to play in the uh, wild card game. Was he right? Yeah, I think he is. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on Nolan Arenado to like carry this team. I think it's unfair. Paul Goldschmidt is really coming out of his slumber. His numbers looking great. A big day yesterday. To me, the key, and you, you both might disagree with this. I think having a leadoff guy do something is important in front of Goldschmidt and Arenado. And Tommy Edmond getting on this, which he's been doing the last week and a half, is paramount for the team that's scoring up runs to win. You got Wayne Wright, who's going to be consistent as ever. The starting pitching is getting healthier despite the fact that Flaherty's out. Uh, Jay Happ had his first real serious clunker yesterday in game two, but Lester's last one was good. I, I, I think it's enough if you can just get a spark plug at the top of the order and get guys on base. There's a distraction. The chance of hanging his slider go way up. I just think that spot in the order is important, and if Tommy Evans can keep swinging the bat, Cardinals are two and a half games out of this. And I know the schedule is going to be rough going forward, but I think the Brewers are looking at this in a different way. Ten of their last 25 games are going to be against the Brewers, a team that knows they're going to win the division easily. This is their division. I don't think they're going to stress out about it. So halfway through this month, how are they going to be managing this? Most teams that know they're going to win the division, their number one goal is to make sure the rotation and their bullpen arms are healthy. October 1 when the postseason begins. So to me, I think the Cardinals have winnable games 
on their schedule more than it seems when you look at it from an outsider's perspective. So I, I like—I don't think Noel Arnaud has ever lied to me. He's never <laughs> lied to me. So I don't think he's going to lie to me here. I hope not, Greg. I hope you're correct. Well, speaking of the leadoff spot, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a piece in The Athletic about Colton Wong and about how he's having an incredible offensive season. And, and basically, if I'm going to paraphrase, he said, I just stopped doing everything the Cardinals told me to do in the leadoff <laughs> spot. And I started trusting myself. And the Brewers let me be myself and let me do this approach. And you're seeing that in the numbers. We've we've heard uh, and talked a lot about the Jeff Albert approach this year. We've heard players say sometimes it might be too complicated. But when I see something like that from Colton Wong saying, I still Stop doing what the Cardinals told me to do offensively, and I'm having success. If you're a Cardinals fan reading that piece, how concerned should you be about something like that? I think it's a great topic to discuss. There are so many teams that have a collective approach. One size fits all doesn't work for anything. It doesn't work for golf. It doesn't work for baseball. It doesn't work for football. It doesn't work for bowling. It just doesn't. All athletes are created differently. And having this one mental approach, to me, it's defensive offense, which I've never understood. So what these analytics groups do, they, they get together and they say, here's how we attack this specific pitcher that you're going to be facing today. Don't swing at this pitch. His first pitch is always just a get me over, but it, he doesn't throw it for a strike. So don't ever swing at it. But what if he hangs it? Center cut. It's not a strike. I'm not, oh yeah, I'm not supposed to swing at it. When you turn the brains on of athletes who've been so in, instinctually talented ever since they were born, I mean, these are professional baseball players. They've been better at kickball and kindergarten than everybody they've ever been around. They're the best athletes. They're the best at everything they've ever done. They didn't get there because they're thinking about what they're doing. They're instinctual athletes. But in our country, we overcoach kids. We're obsessed with it. And it's not the case in the Dominican Republic, not the case in Venezuela, not the case in Puerto Rico. And you're seeing so many of the biggest stars of the game. They're Latin American players. These kids are instinctual. We are turning the brains on of our athletes. And it's not the best. I don't think that's ready to fix our problems. Pitchers pitch once every fifth day. A starter pitches once every fifth day. Relievers are max effort. They throw two pitches. They don't have to think so much. So pitchers can game plan when they're a starter. But to be a position player every single day, I'm sorry. We've just celebrated 500 career home runs for Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera has one of the most simple mental approaches to hitting of anyone I've ever talked hitting with in my career in baseball. And this is one of the greatest hitters ever. Albert Pools is a very simple approach. He's worried about where his hands are, throwing the knob at the ball. He's worried about what he does, what he likes. And Colton Wong is getting back to what got him to the big leagues. And that's what the Brewers have been. They've been a hub for reclamation projects. Willie Adamas didn't cut it in Tampa Bay. Now he's a star. Avancio Garcia cut it for a little bit in the American League. No one wanted him anymore. Now he's a star. Omar Narvaez has bounced around from club to club to club, and now he is a mainstay cleanup hitter for the Milwaukee Brewers. Let these players be the, these players. They are what they are. So a collective approach, which the Cardinals aren't alone, other clubs are doing this, I don't think works everywhere. It just doesn't. 
Greg Amsinger, MLB Network, with us on 101 ESPN. And Greg, the leading hitter in Major League Baseball right now is Trey Turner of the Dodgers. The leading pitcher in terms of walks and hits to innings pitched is Max Scherzer of the Dodgers. With all due respect to other teams in baseball like the Brewers and the Yankees and the Rays and the White Sox, did the Nationals trade the World Championship to the Dodgers on July 29th? That's a great question as well. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I will say this. I had changed the way I view um, the postseason compared to the marathon that is the regular season. And we've discussed this on the show many times. The Tampa Bay Rays, they have mastered the marathon of 162. They really have. Do I like their chances to go to the World Series? No, I, I don't. Uh, and the reason I would say that is I don't like the swing and miss in their starting rotation. They've had so many guys injured. Uh, Luis Patino might be a game one starter for the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't think anybody with the Rays cares because they've got all these interchangeable arms that will come in and try to get guys out. It doesn't work in the postseason. You, you do need three horses in your rotation, legit swing and miss starters. At some point, game six or seven, you come out of a bullpen. I mean, that's been what, what the format's been in October for the last eight to ten years. And you need swing and miss in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. That is paramount. Okay, so you need weapons in the back end of your bullpen. You need weapons in the front end of your starting rotation. Based on that, how can you not like the Dodgers' chances? Oh, wait a minute. When you look at what the Brewers have in the front of their rotation compared to any rotation, and I know the Dodgers have. Scherzer and Bueller and Arias, maybe at some point Clayton Kershaw, but are you really getting Kershaw back? Uh, it's hard to look at Brewers' arms, especially in the back end with Devin Williams with the best changeup of the game, and Josh Hader now throwing 99 as a closer. It looks like a, a taller version of Mitch Williams back in the 90s. <laughs> I still think the Milwaukee Brewers swing and miss. When you've got a guy at 34 altars, he's got a cape for nine, around 14 as a starting pitcher. That is unheard of. I still think the Brewers, if I would give you power rankings right now, the Brewers would be number one on my list, and the Dodgers would be number two. Greg, I wanted to ask you about the Mets, and I'm not going to ask you about the thumbs down or the booing or DUIs or anything like that, but when I, when I look at the Mets, they're five games back in the NL East. Do you think that they need to do a major overhaul, not overhaul, but really, really go after it again this offseason because of the disappointment? Or do you think that you can just point all of their failures to Jacob deGrom, to losing Jacob deGrom? Honestly, the whole thing is a mess right now. You get the GM with a DWI. That news just broke. Uh, He's not traveling with the team. Uh, there's a, there's an owner. He's kind of a maverick. He's excited to own his favorite team. I, I think you're going to be uh, witnessing a, a sweeping overhaul in many different positions. Uh, I think this is a guy that understood for him to get the green light to own the Mets. Uh, he needed a babysitter, and that babysitter is someone that's widely respected throughout the league as you know frugal uh, GM, and that is Sandy Alderson. So that was the only way. But he had to have. All the owners know that the frugal Sandy Alderson would be his GM and president of baseball operations. And eventually, uh, Sandy Alderson will not be doing that job. And you will have the owner 
who's paid a ton of money for his favorite team with uh, a guy that wants to spend money and is okay doing it and doing what he wants him to do. This team's going to spend money. They will have a new manager next year. If I had to throw something against the wall, see if it sticks. Uh, Carlos Correa is beloved in Boston. A.J. Hinch is a godsend in Detroit. These guys were all cheaters, quote-unquote. Carlos Beltran will be managing the Mets next mm. year, in my, in, my, in my humble opinion. He will be managing the Mets. Uh, I think you're going to see a sweeping overall. One quick thing, though, about about the booing. I had a take on MLB Network that I, I am not ashamed of. There is a reason why players love playing in St. Louis. There is. When there's a runner at second base and Nolan Arenado's up, there's no one out. And he, he, he misses a, a center-cut fastball and chops it to second base, puts his head down in frustration, and all of a sudden, as he's jogging back to the dugout, there's a standing ovation of over 40,000 fans because he got a runner to third base with less than two outs. And these players go, this is a play. Where else, when you go to New York, you're getting booed. Well, we pay you $30 million a year for a ground ball on the second base. Drive in the run. Okay, so booing players. I don't know why in our society do we deem it okay to verbally abuse professional athletes. Oh, is it because, oh, I get it. You paid for your ticket, so you have the right to boo grown men. Well, wait a minute. I, I, I paid for $500 of groceries the other day, but the, the bagger forgot to, that I asked for paper and he gave me plastic. Should I have verbally abused him in the grocery store? I did pay $500 for groceries just now. I'm a paying customer. It makes no sense. Uh, one cool last thing. I, I hosted the draft in Denver, and we had fans for the first time. This isn't breaking news. Every commissioner gets booed at every single one of these drafts. So Rob Manfred came out, and there was this elderly woman in a wheelchair, and she had a cane right off the set. She was in my ear, basically, the whole night. For five and a half hours, this elderly woman painfully stood out of her wheelchair using a cane to boo and verbally abuse Rob Manfred <laughs> the entire night. And I sat there wondering, should we have more therapy across this country? Because people are using sporting events to deal with their anger issues and childhood problems. So I, it's weird to me. I'm not a booer. I don't understand people that boo. And I have a feeling I'm talking to two people that don't boo either. No, I, I don't. Boor. And uh, I get it that I, I do think, Greg, that when you pay for tickets, if you want to boo, go ahead and boo. But your take on MLB Network, I had the identical take here. I think that's the part of the reason that people like Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado want to stay, want to be here, and why Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright want to stay here because they know that they'll be treated well by reasonably intelligent fans at Bush Stadium appreciating the little things. And for some reason, correct me if I'm wrong, the Cardinals have players with 100-plus million-dollar contracts. They do. So why is it in the Northeast fans are overly consumed with Francisco Lindor's salary, overly consumed with how much Jacob Brown pitches, and when he doesn't pitch, they're angry. Like, there are other teams in other cities all over this country that have well-paid players. For some reason, money is a topic that always comes up on the Northeast and out West. So I just think we need to understand that all of us can do better. Players can play better. GMs can make better roster decisions. And dare I say, fans can behave better. I'm saying that right now in St. Louis, where they're the best fans in all of sports. 
so my message really is falling on deaf ears, but <laughs> maybe this will be viral and go out somewhere else. Fans need to do better, and they need to stop verbally abusing professional athletes. It's weird. It does not help them. It does not help them play better, trust me. Well said. Be safe there, you and your family. We're thinking of you, and have a, a great week, and we'll be in touch. All right, you guys are the best. Talk next week. All right, Greg, thank you. Greg Amsinger, MLB Network, joining us as he does on Thursdays on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.